Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I have just created this podcast to share experiences and topics that I am passionate about and things that I've run from in the past that I share about why you shouldn't run from them. And so today's topic, as you can tell by the title, is running from food. And as some of you may have guessed, this is going to be one that's discussing my eating disorder. And so this is kind of where I'll put the trigger warning. If you are triggered by numbers or terminology in relation to eating disorders, feel free to click off. I don't want you to feel pressured to listen to the rest of this episode. I won't be going too deep into my own personal eating disorder, but I did just want to place that trigger warning in case that is something that triggers you. If you are at all interested in my own personal experience battling anorexia, I do actually have a video on YouTube that I made like three or four years ago. If you search my very embarrassing username, My Life as Liz, there should be a video titled My Story Around Anorexia, Depression, and Self-Harm. So again, just some terminology and trigger warnings around that video as well because I do go pretty deep into details around my two-year battle. So let's get started. I know I've referenced um, having an eating disorder in previous episodes before, and so I really was wanting to do a whole episode on this and was waiting for the right time and obviously want to perfect this because it is something that was a big part of my life and really impacted me and the people around me. So I really wanted to take the time in preparing for this episode. So what really pushed me to want to create this episode was seeing a post from someone named jessicawilson.msrd on Instagram. She is a dietitian, consultant, and activist, and her whole page is all about centering the experiences of those most marginalized in conversations about food and bodies and there was a specific post that I saw a friend had shared and it talked about how disordered eating is a normal response to trauma. She then goes on to say that it thus makes sense that black and brown folks have higher rates of eating disorders compared to white folks and this is because they experience eating disorders at a higher rate but are far less represented in treatment settings and they're rarely seen to have eating disorders when their behaviors indicate the diagnosis due to the lack of representation in and education among clinical staff. This is something that is highly alarming because when I look at that and compare that to my experience and my ability in being able to receive proper care for my mental illness, it really started to get me thinking about an aspect of my eating disorder that I had never thought of before. And it was looking at the doctors and dietitians and other individuals that were also fighting eating disorders in my therapy groups and realizing that there was just no diversity at all. There were no black or brown folks and it was predominantly white and this is something that I totally took for granted when I was 16 and I was very lucky to be able to receive the care that I needed but I feel like 
now that I'm eight years older and have a bachelor's degree and master's degree in healthcare and call myself a healthcare professional, I think that this is something that I cannot overlook anymore. And I think that it's something that I've been continually trying to educate myself on in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement, but also just how it works specifically in healthcare and what I can be doing to make a change in that. Jessica also discusses in her post two different points that I think are also really important to make. And the first one is that disordered eating or exercise patterns and seeking control over our bodies when our autonomy, agency, and history has been taken from us is a normal response. This is something that I think 16-year-old me would have totally appreciated to hear and understand better because at the time of my eating disorder, I was actually also simultaneously going through this massive move. My dad actually had gotten laid off and so we were moving to a different state for his job and this was a massive point in my life because the place where I had spent 11 years growing up and making friends and all these memories, I suddenly just had to pick up and move to a brand new place where I knew absolutely nobody. And what seemed to be my body's response was to just start over exercising and really restricting my food and counting calories and having weight goal numbers. And this was all because this was what felt like the only part of my life that I could control since I had to prepare to move to a new school and attempt to make new friends. This idea of having no control over my personal life is what really pushed my body to go into this mode of needing to control every little thing about what I ate from morning to night and how many times a day I was going to force myself to go run on the treadmill that was in our garage. This other point that Jessica made in her post was that positioning the cause or reason of the eating disorder primarily on the individual actually reinforces the trauma. This was something that I think that my family and I could have benefited from knowing just because it was a really hard, rocky time, I think, for us as a family. And I say that knowing well now that I love them so much to death and my parents are like my best friends in the whole world. But at that time, I think there was just something that really built up inside my parents that was like, we need to make her better and we need you, Liz, to be better immediately. And I think the frustrations around it for them kind of watching me struggle with it as well as me going through it myself and questioning whether this was something that I had put on myself or done to myself definitely was something that did not help at all in the recovery process because... What actually helped me recover wasn't being in this blame culture or trying to punish myself for what I thought I had done to myself, but instead really learning and educating myself on the importance of food and what it does for your body and especially your internal organs. At one of my lowest points of my eating disorder, I actually had a doctor's visit where I learned that not only was my heart beating at 35 beats a minute, but a lot of my blood tests were coming back 
really negatively. And I also, in the duration of this eating disorder, had lost my period for two years. And I remember hearing from my doctor and having her say to me that if I couldn't get my act together and figure this eating disorder out, that I may not be able to bear children one day was really, really tough thing to hear. So I think one of the massive parts of my recovery was actually really learning about how important food is in fueling your body and why food restriction actually can lead to uh, your body going to burn muscle instead of fat because if you're not eating enough, then there's not enough fat um, for it to use as fuel. And so your body will actually then resort to burning muscle instead. And things like your heart are major muscles in your body. And so not only was I losing muscle mass, but it was also a major concern from my doctor around my organs. And so to wrap up this episode and just kind of share on why I thought it was really important to talk about this topic was I think this idea of, you know, being in quarantine and a lot of stuff on social media portraying, you know, don't don't get the quarantine bod, don't gain the quarantine weight, and you need to do this workout at home, and you need to eat this food, and I think that this is a time where we're in our heads a lot more than we're used to, so I think I just really wanted to make this episode as a reminder to get out of your head and really allow yourself to relax and be kind to yourself because I don't know about you, but I would definitely see something like a pandemic and suddenly needing to quarantine for six months and having a total change in your lifestyle to be something of relation to a traumatic event. And I think that this is, it would be totally normal for your body to want to seek control over these certain aspects of your life and want to restrict more in your food and over-exercise, but I really do hope that we all take this time in quarantine to be a little bit kinder to our bodies. And before I go, I did want to mention the My Black Body podcast, which is hosted by two Black queer women with different relationships with the eating disorder community. You can head to their website at myblackbody.org to donate and learn more. All right, that is going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. My username is just at Liz Newcomer. And I hope to um, see you in the next episode. And I'd love to have you subscribe if you're on iTunes or follow if you're on Spotify and leave a review um, if you'd like. But yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you.